0: welcome everybody back in to the fifth season of I'm not targeting your targeting I'm half your host team JT along with Tom Tom how's it going
1: what's up buddy what's up
0: Tom I would like for you to describe in detail to our listeners your view right now don't quit looking at me look out in the in the array of machines tell them what you see
1: <laughs> I see a bunch of losers <laughs>
0: No, no, no. We're not at Auburn. We're not at Tennessee. We're in prestigious, prestigious Philadelphia, Mississippi at the Golden Moon Hotel and Casino, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and I think Geyser Falls as well.
1: Still in the SEC, by the way.
0: We are in uh, Neshoba County, maybe? I think that's right. I don't know. It's a band of Choctaw Indians.
1: Yeah, we're on the res. We
0: are at the Philly, the Millie in Philly. We are playing poker tonight, today, last night, today, tomorrow, in a poker tournament. He and I have cashed in tournaments exactly 0.0 times. <laughs> I did good in cash last night. Uh, we did very good on roulette, I, but I, we don't want to bore you with that. We're here to talk football. Can you believe we're back for season five?
1: It snuck up on us for sure. <laughs> I am, uh, <clears throat> I'm ready, mostly for this year. And I didn't think I was, like a, you know, like a month ago, it didn't really dawn on me. And now that it's in August or right approaching August, practice, practice. I'm
0: talking about practice, not a game. Not a game.
1: No, practice. And I'm ready for it. I'm here for
0: it. I, I am. I, I'll be honest, man. The NIL and the transfer portal, as we talked about last year, it has waned my interest a little bit. It, it kind of sucks when these players are on a move. I don't know if you saw yesterday, Talia Tungavaloa, did you see what he was offered by an I, SEC school? one5 like-
1: I wish I knew which school that was. I hope it wasn't Bama. I bet it was Lane <laughs> and Kiffin.
0: We got him for free the first go-around. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that was going to be more than a host of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. That's just ridiculous. But, hey, when when it gets strapped up, when the practice reports start coming out, I, I'm, I'm all in. So I, I, the first topic, I said, name something you've done this summer. You looked at that, you're like, I haven't done anything this summer. Well, I did. I, I, had, a, I had a goal this summer to where I, I did not want – to wake up on August the 1st, whatever, and summer passed by and have done nothing. So, man, we stayed on the go. We went to, uh, my daughter, the the youngest, did a couple tennis tournaments. Uh, We went on a cruise and went to Point Mallard in Decatur, Alabama. Went to, last week went to Chicago, man, and uh, Misty had never been to a baseball game. We did Wrigley rooftops game one, and then just the regular stands on game two, but, on, what I want to focus on is uh, on vacation we went on a, a, a kayaking slash snorkeling trip in uh, St. Kitts at the, the American Virgin Islands and I, the reason we did the snorkeling uh, the the kayaking is because I think the motorboat had already been booked nice. so so uh, so we went kayaking and, and in the ocean and then to the snorkeling place so I, it was a tandem kayak and I was, I was by myself because we had Misty and the girls and, and Hendrix, uh, her little boy. And I'm like, I'm fine, I'm by myself. Well, this other guy, uh, his daughter apparently did not want a kayak at the last minute. So they're like, well, you can team up with him. That's cool. You know, middle-aged guy, excuse me, like myself. And I see he has on a Michigan state cap. So I'm like, okay. So he comes up, he says, hey, my name's John. He's from Indiana. And he said, uh, where are you from? I said, Ann Arbor, Michigan. He's like, oh, for real? I'm like, no, dude. I said, I just couldn't. I said, I couldn't think of where Michigan State was. This is East Lansing? I'm sorry. I said, no, I'm I'm from you know Alabama, and we taught, whatever. So they're telling us you got to hit. You know how when you're at the ocean, at the Gulf of Mexico, the waves come in and they they white cap toward the shore, and you know that's where you'll get flipped, and uh, that's where you get tossed and turned. You get out past that, you're fine. It's just wavy. So we had to get out past that, and uh, and we did. We made it just fine, man. Look like pros. So we get out there. Wait everybody else to get out. We're probably hundred yards offshore, and uh, and we're just talking football, or whatever. And then there's a guy in a power, in an outboard power boat that's gonna follow us down there. So we turn 90 degrees to go to the to the snorkeling place, and uh, our boat starts taking on water. And I mean it's, it's bad. <laughs> and I, you know, my fat ass is in the back, and I'm like, is it me? It's probably me. And, <laughs> and it was all I could do to hold it. We we dump. Long story short, we dump. Dude pulls us in the paddle boat, slaps her, slaps a rope on her kayak and drags it with us. And like, why well, kayak all the time? And you know, Misty and the girls are giving me so much grief. And like, what happened? I'm like, we're on water. I don't know. I'm sorry, I was an embarrassment to the family. <laughs> <laughs> but snorkeling was great. I mean, we had, saw a sea turtle. I had been snorkeling at a few places, and you see different things. I've never been to like the Grand Caymans where it's supposed to be the best ever. But uh, I've seen some decent stuff, and the, the sea turtle was really nice. I mean, he, he would not have fit in a five-gallon bucket, so he's a pretty big dude. And, hey, we got a new kayak on the way back, made it just fine, but hey, that's my story. What, what, do you got, what do you got lined up for us this summer?
1: And we're headed to New York next week to do a late summer trip for the girls before they go back to school, so that'll be pretty fun. But, yeah, I had not uh, i had a couple of things planned, but we had some family stuff going on midsummer and kind of canceled some plans we had. But, uh, you know, let me tell you all this. Uh, Tiffin acts like he's chunky or whatever he wants to use in that... Uh, in that um, kayak, but before he uh, before he got hooked up with Misty, and in his college days, he pulled more tail than a slow kid at a petting zoo. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I looked slim last night, and I was going to say it was the black shirt. That, that's the key, guys. When you're a little chubby, wear black; it slims you down. It and, is and, slimming. And when you, if you wear stripes. Vertical, not horizontal. (laughs) So let's move on. Uh, We're going to break down the East and West divisions today, based on the media picks. And this is confusing. We'll talk it out. But so the media voted Eastern Division and Western Division, like they should, in my opinion. But then the the SIDs voted. Just hey, put who finishes one, who finishes two, who finishes three. You know, Alabama all the way down to Vanderbilt alphabetically of course because as you might imagine Georgia was the, the overall favorite to win the, the conference from the SID so that's gonna play a, an important part later on so the media as one might guess uh, they had Georgia 1 and they had Tennessee 2 Kentucky 3 South Carolina 4 I know I'm rambling these we'll repeat them Florida 5 Missouri 6 Vandy 7 so again that is Georgia 1 no questions there I don't know if they put a record on them. I figure their Vegas over under is 11 and a half. Like That is a number you cannot bet. I tried to bet it with Bama one year and we dropped the game. Like you cannot bet the 11 and a half over under because there's just no margin for error. So Georgia one, Tennessee two, Kentucky three, South Carolina four, Florida five, Missouri six, Vandy seven, no shocker there with Vandy. And I think the, the biggest takeaway is for me is the media believes In Tennessee, uh, Josh Heupel, and the media does not believe in Billy Napier at Florida. So I'm going to give my picks with records. Tom is very unprepared. He brought a magazine. (laughs) Uh, I I, I, I do this great outline every week, (laughs) and he didn't even use it. I'm like, where's your outline? I I don't know. I got a magazine. I'm like, okay. All right. Okay, so I've got Georgia 1, no shocker there, 12-0, 8-0. I I don't see them being tested. And I see Georgia being like Alabama from maybe 13, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. What a great run in the teens, in the tens, if you will, to where we would look at our schedule and, okay, if we played Auburn on the road, we were at risk, 100%. But, you know, LSU, we had very good luck with them. Tennessee was way down. So we could look at our schedule and say, okay, I can see one, maybe two teams that can beat us. That's not the case this year with Bama, as we'll talk about uh, in the Western Division. But I think Georgia falls in that category. Who's going to beat them? Okay, Tennessee, maybe. They do travel to Tennessee this year. Florida is a rivalry game, rivalry, w- rivalry game at at Jacksonville, 50-50 split. But, I'm, you know, the media is not buying Florida, so therefore I'm not going to either. So, I know I'm getting very verbose. So second place, I've got South Carolina. I am not a Tennessee believer, as you'll see in a minute. I've got South Carolina at eight and four, five and three. And notice that notice the second place SEC record. We go from eight and in conference to five and three in conference on the eastern side of the division. I've got Florida at three. I am a believer in Florida. Florida at three at seven and five, five and three. So the tiebreaker goes to South Carolina. I've got Kentucky at four at eight and four, four and four. Tennessee at five. I am not a believer in Heupel just yet. I think last year, if Hendon Hooker, if not for COVID, Hendon Hooker is not playing last year. Okay, they had great wide receivers. To my knowledge, they're all going to the NFL. The the starters are. I, I mean, I'm, I know they've recruited well, and he runs a scheme that is apparently difficult. But I think we got another year on film to uh, to see. For the defense coordinators to prepare so missouri at six at five and seven one and seven vandy poor vandy three and nine oh and eight cellar dwellers again so again recapping georgia south carolina one and two florida three kentucky four tennessee five missouri six Dandy Seven, Tom. I'm sure your magazine flipping is being picked up on the microphone. So, what have you learned from your magazine?
1: <laughs> well, I
0: forgot that
1: uh, Missouri was in the SEC this year. So <laughs> it's always good to get a general reminder and start the season off. No, I mean it's it's no secret Georgia is going to be dominant again. I mean they have recruited at the elite level. They're they're exactly like Alabama was several years ago. Just like you said, the only difference is is that. Um, georgia has actually got a schedule that we're very envious of um even even back several years ago when we were uh in our dominant dominant run and i'm i'm run still going guys i don't know if y'all you know they the media can talk about we'll get to us but they can talk about our run being over but by gosh, a down year for 10-2 and two and rank number five and get two losses on the road by combined, what, four points. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going nowhere. But um, Georgia's schedule, and it will until we realign divisions next year or do, do away with them or whatever the case may be. But um, that schedule in the east is weak. I mean, it just is. And, and this year, like you said, they, they get Tennessee on the road. They get Auburn on the road. And you know, I don't think Auburn puts up any resistance. And and according to you, Tennessee is trash this year. <laughs> there we so, go. <laughs> I mean, uh, they 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 may be just like we were used to being. You know, they'll be 14 plus favorites in almost every game they play. Um, and, and that's a nice spot to be in. Now, I will agree with this that the rest of the East is pretty wide open. Um, You've got two teams over there that unfortunately draw Alabama on the West. So you've got two teams that will play both Georgia and Alabama this year. That's going to be Tennessee and Kentucky. And uh, if not for that, I think Kentucky's a pretty good dark horse this year. I like them. Um, they've got a lot of uh, – I know they lost – is it Levis? I always want to call him Levi's. But he's, you know, he's he's gone, and of course he he kind of um, carried that team last year, even though. What did they end up last year? Eight and
0: five? Or I couldn't something tell like that? you. They they played well. Yeah, you know.
1: and and I I think uh,
0: didn't they lose to Ole Miss? Well, they ended up being uh, seven and six. Didn't they lose to Ole Miss at Ole Miss? And like they were leading and and it just like a big cluster towards the the second half that just cost them the game, basically.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm looking back. That's exactly right. They lost on the road at Ole Miss by three. Um Lost to ten by South Carolina, and I like your South Carolina pick, by the way. Thank you. Because um, I was juggling between South Carolina and Kentucky myself. Um, but but you know they didn't. They were not going to beat Tennessee last year, and they're not going to beat Georgia last year. But although, if you remember that Georgia game, they had them on the ropes there for a while. Was six to sixteen was the final.
0: Yeah. yeah Georgia. Yeah, yeah.
1: Georgia. If you remember last year, struggled with Kentucky, struggled with Missouri. Missouri had them dead to rights. Um, but but they overcame that. But I I like Kentucky or South Carolina in that two spot as well. Um, and Tennessee's really interchangeable there. But again, Tennessee has to play both Georgia and Alabama, and and in my opinion, those are two losses, and those are SEC losses. So you're not winning the conference. The question is, is can you run the table on the rest of those games in the East and? Uh, I think I think the East is is a little stronger than they normally are. Um, they do get South Carolina at home, but they have to go on the road to Kentucky. So um, Tennessee that is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go I'll go Kentucky in a tight one in second with South Carolina followed by Tennessee and then the, the two bottom dwellers. Well, we got.
0: Vandy we, you're you're Okay, Vandy. Uh, we're missing a team, Tom. <laughs> Where's Florida? oh are they playing this year I thought they were still on covid restrictions yeah flor Florida's not gonna
1: be much again
0: you got them at think. fifth I guess
1: yeah yeah so I mean, you
0: agree with the media bro. on uh, you're closer with the media than I am but and I agree it could go it could go a lot of ways because you look at my two three four and five because you need new conference records. My two is five and three, and my five is three and five. So just right there, if, if I've got South Carolina, and actually I have Tennessee beating South Carolina based on just the the schlopper the knocker they put on them last year. Yeah. So, and I, you did say one thing that we'll talk about I kind of disagree with. You said the East is stronger. Maybe that's a relative term. Maybe the East will be stronger when they play Eastern teams, if it makes any sense. Maybe the games will be more competitive. But I, we'll talk about East yeah, versus West. Yeah, I don't
1: expect them to be have a, a bunch of ranked teams over there, but I, I do think that they're – you know, in years past, you've had three or four complete almost Ws for the top three or four teams in the East side. And I, I, I guess the point I'm making is teams two through six could end up yeah. in any order.
0: yeah. And that's what is so unfair that the West has been you know, crying about for years. And it's true. I mean, the West does not have a Vandy. I know Mississippi State has their times in the doldrums, and so does Ole Miss. <laughs> Bama did before uh, ne- during the Mike Shula era. Uh, Arkansas's been down. But th- those, those that's rotating teams. Vandy is consistently at the bottom. I mean, if they get a conference win, it's an accomplishment for them, and I don't see it happening this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's been ranked number one. Yeah. in the in the, in the committee. Past, yeah, for sure, in the Ole past Miss 10 years. been, in the past five years, have been on the verge of hitting the playoffs with just one more, you know, they've yeah. had a couple of 10-2 and two seasons. I mean, Vandy's not going to do that. No. They're not. No. They're not. Um, and and I, almost the same thing can be said for South Carolina. Um, you know, it, I don't think South Carolina's had a team since... Uh,
0: Spurrier. Spurrier. 2010. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, and that was a... Flash in the pan, a couple of years for him as well. So,
0: yeah, let's move on to the west where we have uh the media picks for the west. They had Bama at one, which is now this was surprising. They had Bama at one, LSU at two. I, I really felt like they would go LSU at one, Bama at two, but they didn't. So, you know, congrats to, to Bama winning the media pick. But Bama won LSU two, Ole Miss three, A&M four, Auburn five. They are not. Hugh Freeze believers just yet. Auburn at five, Arkansas at six, Mississippi State at seven. I'm gonna to have to agree with the Mississippi State pick. I'm gonna to let Tom go first here, but the Mississippi State. I mean, just a sad day that they lost Coach Leach, and I don't know how you get over that. I don't. The new coach couldn't even tell you his name. Um, does he run the same system? I don't know. Yeah, the the pirate was one of a kind, and he he. Kept them in games uh, that maybe they shouldn't have been in because of his play calling and his quirkiness. So, so I, I feel I feel for Mississippi State, but you know what? I think they would beat Vandy. So, <laughs> go ahead and give us your top, uh, your top in order from one to seven.
1: Well, you know, one one of the things that I, I look at every year, and I looked at it uh, this year as well, was you know how many returning starters do you have on a team and that's true that's a good measurement and it it holds true for a lot of teams minus your most elite teams your most elite teams normally have players that are so good that there's just a lot of turnover year to year regardless because they're going to the nfl um and not not because you got seniors graduating and that's true of georgia that's true of alabama um, right now, and I think those are the only two teams that I consider recruiting at an elite level right now. And one interesting thing to note, and I just said it Alabama actually returns the fewest starters in the league, tied with one other team, I forget who it is, with only 10.
0: I feel like the PA announcer is just walking all over us. <laughs> Apparently, someone has parked illegally. <laughs>
1: Maybe me, <laughs> but like I was saying, Bama returns the fewest
0: starters in the league at ten. Okay. Um, I did not know that. That is uh, that's concerning to say the least.
1: Well, it is. It is. Georgia only returns thirteen. they they're. they're uh, well, here it is. Alabama's tied with Arkansas for the fewest at ten, um, and then uh, there's one states at 12 florida's 11 and then georgia's at 13 and everybody else has more than that um but in the west and here's the thing that's just been driving me crazy it drove me crazy last year it is it's driving me crazy this year lsu is way overrated i just I, i i just don't i don't believe in them at all you know, they get the new coach in. They come in. They go ten and four. To me, that was such a paper lucky record last year. Um, you know, they returned fifteen starters from last year's team, including their quarterback. Whoa,
0: sounds like overrated to me, Tom. <laughs>
1: but I'm just telling you. I don't. I, I think they were very, very lucky last year to be in the in the position that they were. And one one thing that I look at a lot too, and this is what's so impressive about Alabama's run over the past you know fifteen years or whatever it's been, when Alabama loses a game, it's very rare. I can only remember one or two instances in it where. It wasn't competitive where it wasn't in the third and fourth quarter you were we we could have won or lost. You know, and yeah. I mean and of course it held true last year, one overtime lost, one last second field goal loss. And that's that's typical for an Alabama team, and that's typical for when you beat an elite team it takes everything you got. You gotta have all the breaks go your way, particularly if you're out man, which Bama most more times than not has a, a talent advantage than the other guys on the other side of the sideline. But then you start looking at other teams that people hype up and, for instance, LSU, they go 10-4 and four last year, <clears throat> but they, they lost by 27 to Tennessee. 27. Um, they lost by 15 to A&M. They lost by 20 to Georgia. The... They had home field advantage and played the game of their life against us. If they don't win that game and they finish nine and five,
0: where's are, the love?
1: Yeah, are are there? You know, and they can very their guy could drop that two point conversion. They're nine and five, and do they do they still get the same? Respect. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that there was too many things that kind of fell their way, and then when they got into a position where they weren't catching a lot of breaks, they got the breaks beat off of. Them. Yeah. Um, and so I I don't I don't have them finishing in the top three in the league.
0: Oh. I'm um, about to say that's a lot of words, Tom, for you to still not give me your West Division champion. I have I have Bama
1: winning the West. Oh, there
0: we go. As I do every year,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or every year since we started this podcast, anyway, it's hard not to. Um, I have my second place team as uh, Ole Miss. I, I, I think I don't. Did,
0: I don't dislike that pick. Yeah, I think Ole Miss or A
1: and M, either one, or, and that's going to be my third place team. By the way, A and M. So I, those were those were close. A um, and M went six and seven last <laughs> year, but man, if they recruited at a high level. They've got 20 returning starters, 20. That's almost their entire starting roster is back uh, next year. Um, So, you know, with all the talent they have there and the the 20 returning, it's just a matter of time before they start actually winning some games they're supposed to because that's what they've been doing so far is losing the games they're supposed to. Uh, are, are supposed to win, losing them. So, anyway, so I have uh, I have um, Ole Miss and then A and M, and then I got LSU in fourth, and then Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State. I'm in agreement with the, with the rest of the nation on those.
0: Well, uh, you caught me in a lie already on the podcast, which is, uh, you know, normally I try to save a, my first lie to episode three or four, but I said, oh, miss, I don't dislike the pick. Apparently I do. I look down, I've got them at six. So, <laughs> so, sorry. Sorry, listening audience. Well, so it's good. We don't always need to agree because what a boring world we live in if everybody liked the same stuff. So, I, Tom made some great Valid points about LSU, but I am a believer in LSU, and here's why: They have preseason All SEC is voted on by the media. Maybe they've got the uh, they got the number one quarterback. Preseason uh, uh, All SEC number one is Jalen Daniel, Jalen or Jaden, Jaden Jaden Daniels, and that's right. Jalen's or Jalen's belong to us. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Milrow, they get the Jadens. And, uh, and they've got Harold Perkins, who the linebacker. I think he's from Texas. Was supposed to go to A and M, maybe, and then spurned him for LSU. So they're in the position that Bama was in last year. Last year we had the number one player in the conference in Bryce Young offensively, and we had the unquestioned number one defense player in the country in Will Anderson. So of course we didn't win the West last year, but that's why I have LSU. I got them at ten and two, nine and or ten and two, seven and one. I've got Bama at two, at nine and three. Six and two. Nine and three, six and two. I know that's not gonna be a popular pick, but let me discuss where our losses are. Okay. So we're gonna talk about Bama's quarterback situation on the next segment.
1: Hey, before we get to Go Bama, ahead. before we get to Bama, since you since you give it, um, give me LSU's two losses.
0: Two losses for LSU. Oh, I might have to borrow your readers, Tom. My eyes have failed me. <laughs> let me see what I have here. Uh, LSU, I have them losing to Florida State out of conference, opening game at Orlando, and then I've got them losing at Ole Miss. To the sixth-place team in your To mind. the sixth-place <laughs> team. <laughs> you know, Lane, Lane is a thorn in everybody's side. So back to Bama. Okay, I think the Bama-Texas game is setting up just like it did last year, just in reverse order. Texas comes in with the, the starting quarterback who has been through the fire, Quinn Ewers, and Bama – has the quarter is is gonna have the quarterback depending on who starts. Let's just say it's Milrow. If it's Milrow who starts against Texas, so let's assume he starts against the opening game, which is Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee State. Milrow started last year against AM. He played meaningful snaps against Arkansas, but he did not start the Arkansas game. It will be we'll be starting a third game starter at quarterback. If it's Ty Simpson, it'll be his second start provided he starts against Mitsu. And then if we start Buckner, Buckner's kind of the wild card, the transfer from Notre Dame. It will be his probably, what, 15th, 16th start. I don't know how many years he started at at Notre Dame, if it was more than one, but he started last year. So let's just say he got 13, 14 games under his belt. It'll be start 15 or 16 for him. I just don't like our position there with a new quarterback. Now, we do have home field advantage, but I've got that as a loss. I think they avenged what happened last year. Uh, I've got us losing at A&M. That's a tough place to play. As Tom mentioned, they have a lot of starters back. Let me interject. Go here. ahead.
1: Your your point about um, not being in a good spot. Can you uh, can you point me to some recent history where our first starting quarterback has uh, let us down?
0: <laughs> I cannot, Tom, because I, and we we'll, and we're going to definitely discuss that. But since 2015, our quarterback has started the super bowl last year another one starts the nfl another one starts in nfl and another one's a heisman trophy winner that's a rookie that is slated to start for the carolina panthers so we've had very good quarterback play now if you tell me the starter we roll out against texas is going to play in the super bowl in seven years i'm all in on bama but i don't know that Milroe, simpson or buckner is going to be that guy we'll talk about that next segment i got Arkansas at three, nine and three, five and three. Oh, oh our third Bama loss, I've got LSU. I, I think that uh, – th- I'm afraid Brian Kelly might have our number after last year. It just – I don't I'm a worrywart. You know this. So you got us losing uh, <coughs> both
1: Texas squads and LSU. I do.
0: I do. The eyes of Texas are going to be upon us, sadly. Uh, Arkansas, nine and three, five and three, coming in at third place. Fourth place, I've got A&M at nine and three, five and three. Uh, Auburn, I've got six and six, three and five. Ole Miss, seven and five, three and five. Mississippi State, four and eight, one and seven. Mississippi State's only win will be upsetting Lane Kiffin and Starkville, the last game of the year. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lane will lay an egg, as good as he he'll is, he'll have he, another job by then. Yeah, <laughs> quite possibly. So that's kind of where I see things shake out. And, and like I said, it's it's good that we're not sympatical on this because it'd be a boring podcast if we were both. You know, Bama, Ole Miss, A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State. That's, that was Tom's order. So we're, we're all over the place, which is good. One of us will be right, one of us will be wrong, and that's fine. But let's talk quickly west and east. And so, as you know, every every team plays two games across division opponents. So that's 14 total games. And the west has dominated these games forever. I'm, I'm talking some years. I'd have to look back. Some years we've probably gone 12-2. and two. Maybe thirteen and one. I mean when Georgia before Georgia got Kirby Smart, you know, they were just they were Mark Ricked. I mean that's that's who they were. So I've got the West over the East this year at nine and five, and mind you, so that would be five Eastern Division wins. Georgia's getting two of those wins, we'll both agree. Yep. So that only gives them three more wins between six teams. And that, that is the disparity in the East versus West. It's just totally unfair. And like I said earlier, the SIDs voted. So, what here's, let me see if I can explain this intelligently. The SID, there's 14 teams. So, the SIDs vote, and what they do is they're, they're, they're charged with I want you to put the teams one through 14. I don't care what division they're in. If Georgia's one, then Georgia's one. If Bama's two, then Bama's two, and then and so on and so forth. And you cannot vote for your own team. So when Greg Byrne, Alabama's AD, voted, he had to vote everybody but Bama. So the SID here's the way this here's the way this broke down. The, everybody had Georgia at one except for one SID, uh, they had Georgia at two, and and that's fine. You know, was that LSU's AD? Was that Greg Byrne? I, 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 if it was greg burns saban of firing because you know saban doesn't saban wants all the rat poison to go to georgia so they had georgia at one almost unanimously they had alabama at two lsu at three tennessee at four and i don't expect you remember these maybe you're writing maybe you're scoring at home or even if you're by yourself they had Ole miss at five texas a&m at six south carolina at seven arkansas at eight florida nine kentucky ten Auburn eleven, Mississippi State twelve, Missouri thirteen, Vanderbilt fourteen. I know that was a lot of teams, and you were like, well, I don't, I didn't catch all that. Well, here's the important part: the East does have the number one team in the conference according to the SIDs. The next two teams are West: Alabama and LSU. As it, I, I agree with that, I've got I've got the order reversed. Tom has LSU at four. Yeah, but you had Bama at one. Okay, the next Eastern Division team is Tennessee. Then it's back-to-back West teams again. It's Ole Miss, A and M. Then you've got South Carolina at seven, Arkansas eight. Then you've got back-to-back teams again, nine and ten in the East as uh, Florida, Kentucky. Then you got the two West. But then the bottom, I think, the most important stat on all this is Missouri and Vandy at thirteen and fourteen. Uh, that that is just so we don't get to play those guys. What, do we play Vandy this year? Maybe we do. I don't know. But no, got my, my, Kentucky. The point is is every Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, Kentucky, they all get to play the two absolute bottom dwellers. And that's the disparity of scheduling, but it should remedy itself out next year with Texas and Oklahoma coming in the conference.
1: So I'm looking at this chart that Tiffin has uh, produced with the SID voting, and I, I find something very interesting on it, which is kind of wild to me. So if you look at the chart, it basically has... You know, the team name, and then it has places one through 13 beside them. Like you said, you don't, you're do not you not voting but 13 teams because you're not voting on your own team. So, beside Georgia's name, they have 12 votes in the one spot, one vote in the two spot, and the rest of them are blank. And for Alabama, one vote in the one spot, nine in the two, three in the three, and the rest of them are blank. So, most teams are covering three or four spots on average, maybe five, Texas A&M has been voted in nine of the thirteen positions in the league. Nine of thirteen. Wow, that
0: is that is amazing. They've got
1: one vote to be twelfth in the league. They have one (laughs) vote to be third in the league. (laughs) A lot of non-believers out there. I mean, they actually have. the most votes they got is fourth in the league, but they have they have multiple votes to be seventh or below, and like I said, one vote to be 12 out of fourteen. Um, that's a that's a wild wild stat there.
0: Yeah. So and we can you know what we can put this out on Twitter. Let me take a quick snapshot, Tom, and this will be on Twitter within the hour, and wow. you can see exactly what we're talking about. Again, our Twitter feed is at Targeting Not. At targeting night, you can follow us. You can give us a shout out on there. You can tell us to uh, cover a question on the upcoming podcast. Probably won't do it because I'm very regimented. <laughs> but yeah, you can do it. You can try it. It's not against the law.
1: All right, I'm going to ask you another question. Here. Okay. So, it always rankles me when 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 Tiffin comes in with us having subpar performances. He's been right before. He's been wrong before. Had too, LSU though.
0: number one last year in the West, by the way. He's been wrong before, too.
1: Um, so, if Bama shows up in game two against Texas, and we'll say for argument's sake that Milro is the quarterback, which is who I'm rooting for, by the way. If he ends up being able to throw the ball accurately and, and and advance the ball through the air he is one heck of a dynamic re- weapon I mean unquestionable just just unbelievable talent um, but he's got he's got to learn to throw that but but whoever the starter is they get their lieutenant Dan legs in front of them or under him <laughs> on during middle Tennessee State and then they come the next weekend at home to Texas, unless, I, don't, I don't care. Let's just say they win the game by seven. You have us losing it. Let's say they win the game by seven. And now we go to your second loss at, te- at Texas A&M at 5-0 and on the road. Um, and then we'll meet LSU three games later at home. Does that change your outlook? I mean, obviously it changes the record by one game. But if we beat Texas in game two, do you do you start believing differently in this team immediately? Or are you just saying, well, they got one of three losses I thought they would get, and I still think they're getting two?
0: I mean, at that point, and 13-0 national champs, 100%. In all seriousness, I do think it changes. Because I think Texas is good. I think Sark has really recruited well. I believe Ewers is really good. Now, we do, we've got the top defensive back, Arguably in the country, in Kool McKinstry. And if he develops to where he can shut down that one side of the field, that changes the defense. And it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of times when you lose that, just that bell cow, um, you get be- For some reason, you get better. It's unexplainable. You know, our bell cow, of course, was, uh, well, we had two. Bryce Young went off inside the ball, but let's focus on defense. Will Anderson, we lost Will Anderson. We've got uh, Dallas Turner, and then we've got Braswell. Who, when they played together last year, they were the Cheetah Package. So I figure Braswell is going to be an every down player. Is that don't you feel? I would think so. So, and and I always point back to Tennessee '97, Tennessee '98. They lost Peyton Manning. They plug in T Martin. They win the national title. So maybe that's what happens. This defense. I do like the fact. And and I, we made fun of Kevin Steele when he went to Auburn. But I tell you what, he gave us fits every year he was down there. Widespread Pete, just I don't think he was ready for it. I, I, I think that the age of um, of Steel, I don't know. Uh, it's good to have youth, but it's also good to have experience. And I think Steele solidifies the defense to where maybe we're back to playing Alabama defense. Well, you know?
1: let's, let's let's think about this too. This year will be the year that the fans need to realize that they know something about football or they don't know something about football because for the last two years all we've heard is let's get rid of uh, let's get rid of our OC let's get rid of our DC I mean just I mean it was just the way it was I mean that's just everybody was tired of both the offensive and defensive coordinator even though they were top 10 in the country in their respective units every year Now, that could be attributed to talent. I mean, don't get wrong. I was as frustrated as as some of the other folks. But everybody has clamored for them to be gone. Well, they're gone. They're gone. Both of them. And you've got two brand-new coordinators coming in to a team that only has ten returning starters and no quarterback or no starting quarterback of any consequence. So... Yeah, let's let's see what's going to happen here. I mean, this is, you know, do you do you get halfway through of the year and say, man, I wish we had Golding back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gosh, I mean, if if we do, if we do, our record will not be Ooh. nine and three; it'll be worse. But back to the original question: Does that change my perception of our of our season? Yes, I, I'm still going to say a loss because it's darn hard to go undefeated. And you just look at you look at some of Nick Saban's best teams; they've had losses. And I, I still think we would split. I, I, I have A and M as a loss. I would give us if we beat Texas at home, then I think we hold serve at home, and we do clip LSU. So I'd have us eleven and one going to Atlanta. And to me, that's how pivotal that um, the the Texas game is because out of conference, it's a blue blood team. They've recruited well. It's Sart year three, correct? So I mean, th- this is the time. This is the time for them to get it done. So. We ready to move on to the starting quarterback segment? Yeah, let's All do right. it. All right. So that is the the question. That's the, the question. Does you, you know what the question does? Jury is, Tom? <laughs> it's, the, it's the question of the day. The question of the Sounds day. Sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so the question of the year for Alabama is who's the starting quarterback? We have, and here's what's funny. So. Earlier this week, I'm Yahoo or something other, and it probably hit tighter Insider as a link. Is like a uh, bet bet ag maybe has a. You can find a sports book somewhere that will take any bet you want. Like on the office, I think it was Kevin had a. He's like if John Cougar Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I've got fifty thousand to one. <laughs> you know <laughs> somebody will take any bet you want to put out there, and it's like the uh, the Mama quarterback odds have been updated, and Tom's Tom's uh Leader in the clubhouse for Tom is is the worst odds at plus three hundred Milrow, but here's one I found funny. I read the article, or at least I skimmed over it, and it said Ty Simpson is the new leader at plus one fifty, and here's what cracked me up. It said coming in as a close second is Buckner at plus one forty. I'm like, wait a minute, one forty you're the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, let's, we we at this podcast, and apparently on that website I was on, they never let facts get in the way of a good argument, so we won't either. So Simpson plus one hundred and fifty, Buckner plus one hundred and forty, Melrose plus plus three hundred. Here's here's the reason why all three should start. Okay, it, let's let's start from the bottom and go to the top. Melrose plus at plus three hundred. He is a third year player in the uh, in the system. He has a, a start under his belt. He has some meaningful minutes under his belt on the road, no less at Arkansas when that game was. It wasn't. It, I mean, we were playing really well, but they had KJ Jefferson. They're they're a dangerous team. He's back, by the way. You know, they're a dangerous team, and he just really showed out. You know, there was there was a time where I think the game got rel- relatively close, and he didn't he break one for eighty yards or something. Mm-hmm. Other took it to the house, and and that's why you know why should he start athleticism? Okay, if his athleticism might be the deciding point on him starting, but I agree with Tom. He's got to be able to pass the ball. Uh, supposedly, he went to Florida, worked with, our, I think, our receivers this year. So he's done what he needed to do to be the starter. Okay, let's go to Buckner, who's plus 140, but according to the website, he's second uh, second place. Transfer, okay, from Notre Dame, positives he has started. He started a full season, and he's got his offensive coordinator at Alabama now, Tommy Reese. So is that the, is that the, the X factor that puts him in the starting position? And then Simpson, I think he's a second-year guy. He's plus 150. I think he has the highest ceiling. I think he's the prototypical quarterback that Bama looks for, uh, like a, a, a probably a quicker, faster Mac Jones, taller than Bryce Young. You know, not. I mean, if we could get anywhere near the level of play of either one of those two aforementioned guys, we'll be very happy. But I, I, you know, Simpson. It really surprised me that Simpson is the leader or, or the plus 150 ahead of Milro because. You you know Sabin. Sabin is loyal to a fault and I will be surprised if Milro does not take the first snap.
1: <laughs> That's true. What I find interesting is, and I read the same article you did. It probably come out what about two weeks ago. Yeah. This is, today is uh, July 29th. It come out you know July 14th, just after the Fourth of July, somewhere in that range. What I find interesting is the new odds and shuffling, that, that was nothing more than a clickbait article because, you know, the hands started practicing. <laughs> no kidding. It's, it's kind of tough to, to start moving up and down the depth chart before you get out there on the practice field. So that was just, uh, I think that was a pie in the, sun, the sky shot. But I'm still a, a big fan of, of uh, Jalen Milrow, if he can, Again, secure the starting job. Um, so, one thing that I found interesting, and I was, you, you know, you lampoon my magazine over here. What I, what I've got is the Phil Steel magazine. So, he 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 has a lot of stats. I mean, just 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 dripping with stats, which is awesome. But one of the things that um, he has in in every issue is freshman. To watch, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're if we're sitting here um, today, and and we regurgitate the the um, the lines that you give us a while ago, with Milro has two game starts, and Simpson has none. And Buckner, I don't think he has as many. I think he only started maybe seven or eight games because he was a second-string guy okay. there till somebody got hurt. He might have been third-string till somebody got hurt. But he, he did keep well, – My
0: narrative goes out the window. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he
1: did keep the job for, for multiple games yeah. throughout the season, seven or eight games. So he, he probably does have the most starts. But if, if, you're, if you're looking for somebody with true experience, that's not a lot. Sure. So, you know – do those freshmen have an opportunity? I don't know. I hadn't heard any scuttlebutt at all about them, you know, even trying to get into a, a two or three deep on there. And I don't expect it. But I only mention it because I think this race is completely wide open. Um, yeah. And I just have my personal favorite of Mill Road just because of his athleticism. If he, could, if he can put it together, that's who I would love to see there. I just don't know if it's, it'll happen.
0: Well, you you are playing. I mean, you're you're setting up softballs for me, and I love it because we we've been podcasting enough, long enough to where we can play off each other. And, and what you mentioned, I don't know if you looked at my sheet. That was my fourth, my last point is, you said a true freshman, and you didn't name a name, but I've got a name because think about the when's the last time that Bama went into a season where we absolutely did not know who the starting quarterback was going to be?
1: Uh, Would have been what Blake Sims.
0: I'm thinking. Uh, no, I'm thinking. 2016. Blake Sims before Hertz, Hertz and uh, and Blake Barnett. Yeah. Okay. So if Milro gets the first snap against Mitsu and he gets sacked and loses a shoe, I think he's done. That's what happened to Blake. <laughs> How do you lose a shoe, dude? <laughs> On a sack. like <laughs> I got hit by a car. So anyway. The the last time we were unsettled at quarterback was 2016. Now you you might want to say you might go say 2018. Well, at that point we were we were torn between Jalen Hurts, who started the Super Bowl this year, and Tua Tungavaloa, who set all kind of passing records for Bama. So it's not like we didn't know, we maybe we didn't know who the starter was going to be, but we weren't worried. We knew what we had. We had it was an embarrassment we,
1: of riches. Yeah, we had
0: Jalen Hurts, who if he starts, oh by the way, he's taking you to two consecutive national title games. So we don't have that luxury. So the last time this happened was 2016. Blake loses a shoe. Jalen Hurts comes in as a true freshman, leads a team. The team gets on his back, and, man, you know, and we know the rest of the story. So can that happen this year? Like you said, I agree that it's wide open. Dylan Lonergan, I think he's from Georgia. You know, he is a fantastic quarterback, or else we wouldn't have signed him can he be that guy is he ready at 18 19 years old i don't know i, I i'm i'm leaning i, I think milro gets the first start first, excuse me first start if he plays well he'll get the start against texas i do think the the battle rolls into texas and if if both if two or three quarterbacks play and nobody separates themselves it'll roll into uh, into week three at, at south florida and then but at that point if we're not settled Coming out of the South Florida game, when we got Ole Miss at Mississippi State at A and M, Arkansas, and Tennessee, without a break, if we're not settled at quarterback, we'll be wishing for nine and three. I promise you that.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I think I think USF I, is the deadline. A hundred percent deadline. I would hope that it's. I would hope that there's a clear winter and fall, uh, you know, in August camp that would take care of that. You know, and and you you know you mentioned Lonergan – um, still has Eli Holstein with a higher upside than Lonnie. Yeah, uh, that's so, another one. You know, uh, yeah. we—I mean, the, both of those. I, one of them's a five, and one of them's a four-star, right? Yeah,
0: I mean they're both yeah, highly I mean, rated. I mean they're,
1: they're they're really good at their respective positions for sure. So, um, but you know, we we'll, we'll see. I mean that is the biggest question coming into the season, and uh, we'll know sooner than later, I think.
0: And back to the – to close out the quarterbacks, back to the uh, the transfer portal. I mean, how sick are you if you're Notre Dame? Granted, Buckner might have been second or third team, but he did get the starting job due to whatever circumstances, and he kept the starting job. So you lose your starter to a place where he's not even guaranteed to start. He's not even guaranteed to be second team. No. And that just – that sucks for the game of college football, in my opinion, because it's just going to be so hard – I think Bama with Sabin's has a luxury to where kids might be willing to stick around that one extra year. I definitely think Georgia has it with Kirby because kids love winning. Let's be honest. You know, my dad used to get so mad when these, you know, four-star kids from from Tupelo from uh, Meridian would spurn Mississippi State and go ride to Pine as a four-string running back in Alabama, where they could have started Mississippi State. But kids like to win, and and kids still like to win. But with NIL, with the portal, it just. You're going to see kids that that they don't start. I mean, out of Buckner, I think Buckner sticks around. But, you know, it would not surprise me at all. Milrow Simpson, let's say Milrow starts. They, let's say they split time game one. They split time at Texas. But obviously Milrow played well. We Let's say we beat Texas with Milrow. Milrow gets a start at South Florida. And at South Florida, he gets, you know, the first three quarters. And, and Simpson gets the fourth quarter. I think Simpson's gone. I mean, it would not surprise me at all for him to be gone. Where five years ago, six years ago, that would not be the case. There's really – Mac Jones, I don't see any way he would stick around. If, if you had Jalen, Tua, and Mac at Alabama right now as – sophomores and freshmen I don't think max sticks around for that magical season that was 2020
1: no that's right yeah I mean NIL and and transfer portal has has really you know you got to mention NIL in the same oh yeah same breath with it because that's that's the reason I mean some of these guys are leaving not because they weren't going to be starting just because they're getting so much money I mean just I mean it's free market society it's yeah. uh you know I I Javon Quinterly on a basketball team comes to mind. That guy was basically all SEC basketball this past year, going to be the starter on what is shaping up to be another really good team, and he got balled.
0: Yeah. I mean, just that happens. You know, there were rumors that Dallas Turner got, you know, a, a mid to high six figure offer from Miami to come play one year for the Hurricanes. There's nothing you can do. I mean, they did not intend for NIL. When NIL came out, as we mentioned before, I thought it was going to be the local, uh, the local Chevy dealer is going to sponsor the quarterback, and he's going to go sign autographs, and then, you know, you know the local lumber company, a sponsor so and so, and that's just not the way it's, it's panned out. the um, the The collectives have just gotten out of hand. But until until anybody gets a hand or a rain on it, it's what it's going to be. And ultimately, the, the best teams are going to get the best players, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, you know, Florida probably eventually, Texas, Oklahoma. So uh, USC, anyway, enough of that. So last segment, uh, i just put hodgepodge. Anything else needs to be discussed. The only thing I want to talk about is our most famous guest on our podcast. Our only guest on our podcast. <laughs> it's preseason All-SEC. Congratulations to our lone snapper, Neelan Hibbert. That's, you know, i got a man crush on the guy. I mean, every time I see him, I light up because he's, such a, he's <laughs> such a good dude, man. He's great. He, he snapshots my daughter all the time, and uh, he just he's a great dude. But he, he, is, um, he is the preseason all-SEC long snapper on special teams. And remember, Nealon, if I can give you any advice, and Tom would be the one to give advice, but I, I think on punch you need to hit him around the belt. And then I, I think on extra points, Phil goes, you need to hit him around the knees. So just, just keep that in mind as you continue your long snapping career at Alabama. <laughs>
1: You know, I think we're going to, in a couple of future episodes before the season kicks off, I'm guessing we're going to break down Alabama's, uh, you know, lineup. We'll get some more scuttlebutt about who's starting quarterback and that sort of thing. But you know what I'm also interested in, and just something to think about for next time, I think we have an embarrassment of riches at running back, um, particularly with the two highly touted true freshman coming in, I think they're going to get a lot of playing time. And I concur. And, and Saban's a, he's a, a minimum of a, a two running back system. Mm-hmm. A minimum. And if he can run three, he will and try to keep those legs fresh. And I think McClellan is the clear number one. Um, but there's going to be a lot of carries for those two two guys behind him and, and really three I mean we have Roydale. yeah I mean we have a lot of talent back there so uh-huh. I'm interested to see how that shakes out I
0: feel like Justice Hayes is going to be Mark Ingram part two yeah from, from the reports we're getting and I mean how did Kirby let him Kirby let Will Anderson get away out of the state of Georgia let Justice Hayes get out of the state of Georgia who's a legacy at Georgia but I mean some kids want to cut their own path and hey I'm glad he did but you know, he, he's, for all reports, he is very good. So Yeah, we'll definitely break down the, the offensive, defensive side of the football. Uh, and, I you know, we'll probably go ahead and start our weekly. We'll, we'll look at some other conferences. Definitely look at who we think is going to win the Pac-12, the Big 12. I know we've got some conference shakeup that's, uh, that's you know, coming. Uh, Colorado's going back to the Big 12. So Pac-12 is, you know, I think one of the Big Five is going to implode eventually and be gobbled up, and it looks like now it might be the Pac-12. So, but who wants who wants the Pac-12 teams? I mean, do you, I hope the ACC don't get them? No. My gosh, you know, does the ACC take somebody and fly across country? That's like NFL. That's the NFL trips, you know, for college kids. So,
1: yeah, it's going to be interesting to see see what happens to the Washingtons, the Oregon's. Uh, those guys are way, way out, and it was a natural fit being there on the West Coast. And now there's nobody yeah. left to play. I mean, you're going to have—I I can't imagine Oregon sticking around much longer. That's—that's that's the team that is probably proximity-wise. Could I mean heck? I mean they're much closer than USC and UCLA, so I don't think proximity is going to be a problem there. Mm-hmm. But I, I expect
0: them to be in the Big Ten pretty soon and I think they're coveted because of Phil Knight and Nike yeah you know Yeah. so alright well that's going to wrap us up for episode one of season five we got this entitled kicking off in Philly and uh, Tom and I are about to play in the Puppet Tournament where we'll, we'll probably get beat like the last time we stuck a banana down our pants and turned a monkey loose well, maybe not we'll see <laughs> but anyway Tom wrapping it up as always if you're going to hate Auburn you have to hate early and hate often roll time take it easy guys Junior's great. <laughs>